This is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and on Sirius XM Channel 80. As you're figuring out your wild weekend of plans, one thing this show always wants to make sure of is you know where, how, and when to find the best action in the XFL. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Believe me, we'll get back to Aaron Rodgers. We'll get back to Lamar Jackson. We'll get back to the NBA. All things that everybody's hot on. We'll tell you the latest and greatest as it comes through. But Harry, you're going to be on the sidelines in Orlando. You're in Orlando right now. You're going to go, uh, going to go experience a little Disney. Going to go hang out at Disney a little bit. No, I'm gonna wait because I have two more trips here, back to back weekend. So I'm probably going to wait to you know my my wife and my kids can come with me. Nice. Um, I told them if their behavior is good, okay, leading up to that point, I'm going to take them to Disney. But I think tonight I'm going to go, you know, to Mangoes. You know, they have a Mangoes on South Beach. They also have one here. And I used to go all the time when my brother was living here before he sold his home. So I'm going to go down to Mangoes, you know, nice little Latina spot, eat me some food and, you know, have a great time. Well, you're going to do the work on the XFL on the sidelines for the Orlando Guardians game. Uh, Obviously, coming up this weekend, I'll also be hosting XFL Today, the only studio show you can find on ESPN that gets you all the highlights, caught up on everything you need to know. That comes at you Sunday at 2.30 this week. Now, one of the biggest matchups is the Arlington Renegades at the St. Louis Battlehawks. Significant because the Battlehawks are expecting a massive crowd that Sunday, 4 p.m. Eastern on ESPN2 and, of course, on ESPN+. Plus. We have with us now Bob Stoops, the head coach of the Arlington Renegades. Coach, really appreciate your time. Uh, obviously, this is significant going into St. Louis, their home opener in front of a huge crowd. What have you been telling your guys to expect from that atmosphere? Well, that's what you want. I mean, let's face it, all these guys have played in big games and and uh, been in stadiums where, you know, they're, it's packed, it's loud. You love it. Uh, you know, as a, as a former, you know, you guys, a player and or a coach. So we understand it's going to be loud and expecting, you know, probably upwards of 40,000 or more fans, which is great. Uh, we can't wait. And coach, I gotta ask you, what does a matchup like this do for the XFL? Two two and one teams, uh, a lot of praise for both of the teams. I've been watching a ton of film on, on both teams, and uh, both teams are really playing at a very, very high level. So, what does this do for the XFL? Well, I think it's great. Uh, it'll be a great atmosphere. It, you know, uh, be you know, uh, it'll be a great TV audience as well as a, a packed uh, you know stadium. So. Uh, A.J. McCarron, their quarterback, has uh, done a heck of a job and uh, been, uh, you know, been popular to watch and with his sons there following him. So it's been really cool. Anthony Becht and his staff there with uh, St. Louis team do a heck of a job, really good job. So, again, I, I think it's just, you know, it's just making the entire league more and more popular. I don't care if we're talking about high school football, college football, the NFL, or the XFL. When your defense can score you points, you will win football games. And Arlington's defense has found a way repeatedly to score points for you guys. What's been the key to making that defense so successful, Coach? Yeah, as much as anything, um, you know, the the turnovers. uh, You know, we had the first game, which you're, you know, uh, you know, talking about we had two defensive interceptions for touchdowns and makes a big deal. And then we forced, uh, you know, several other fumbles that set our offense up with really good field position in the last, 
couple of games. So uh, that that as much as anything, you know, the I think our secondary really does a great job covering, and uh, you know, and that's what's given us opportunities to make these interceptions. So going into the XFL, I know you guys had to, you know, pick who you wanted. You had to scout, watch a ton of film. Is that one of the things uh, from a defensive perspective, the cornerback position, the safety position, the secondary, being able to get guys that can cover because you're going to have these teams throw the football around a lot? Oh, definitely. Um, you know, when you get when you get corners that can cover, you're you're just able to do so much more you know, with your safeties and, and defensively, if you can leave those guys out there one-on-one. So, so anyway, we've, um, you know, it's definitely something that we tried to focus on. Coach, you've accomplished so much in your career in college football, and Harry and I both work around college football a lot, huge fans, right? You've accomplished so much there. Why the XFL? Why'd you want to do this? Yeah, it, it allows me to, listen, I, I loved what I did. Uh, at Oklahoma there and even my years as a coordinator ahead of that so that 18 years as a head coach and at OU and it was fantastic but the neat part about what I'm doing now is it fits a good part of the the, the year you know it's a 10-week season one one uh, playoff game in a championship I don't have when I leave the field or football meetings I don't have to go to an academic meeting I don't have to go to a compliance meeting. I don't have to go to a recruiting meeting. I don't have to get up, stay up all, all night calling players on the West Coast, uh, recruiting and talking to their, their parents. So all of it is just football. And, and it's fun working with this age of guys, as you guys would know, that are, that are older guys that understand football. They love football. That's why they're here. And they really pick the game up quickly. So it just, it, it just, uh, you know, the fact that it's just football, I love the game. I love being on the field. It's just, you know, the other stuff eats up 90% of your day, and, and I don't have that now. Now, Coach, your co-defensive coordinator, Tim Lewis, I spent some time with him in Atlanta. I need you to send a little message for me. You tell him Harry Douglas said, when I see him on the sideline of one of these games, I'm going to jump on his back so hard. So if he hits the ground, Coach, tell your players don't run up and try to grab me. We have that got, relationship. I a, hey, Harry, I, I got it better for you. I'm gonna let, you're on live radio, Tim, and Harry Douglas wants to give you so <laughs> There you go, Rick. <laughs> hey, boy, what's going on? Coach, how you doing, man? How's everything I'm been going, going in the XFL? Uh, everything is going great. I see you on TV. You look great. Appreciate it, man. I was I was just telling Coach Stoops, I can't wait till I have one of you guys' games so I could jump on your back and you wonder who the hell it is. Oh, I I would never forget who you are. I mean, Harry, you started a fight with you started a fight with Bobby Mack every day in practice. How can I forget that? Oh, now now this is the story we need. See, here's the thing, Coach. Nobody ever wants to give us the real truth on Harry Douglas. I work with him every day. Come on, give me give me like a little nugget on HD that the world needs to know. Harry Douglas was the best slot receiver that didn't get enough credit. Because we had Julio, Roddy, we had Tony, we had Matt, we had all these other dudes, but he's the one that made the uh, the engine go. Now he was the. I will also tell you that he was the biggest s talker that you could possibly <laughs> have on your team. So he stirred up more stuff. Oh my God, we had like we couldn't even run uh, his his receiver coach uh, Terry. Um, um, T- Terry was Terry was so funny. Terry actually came into a staff meeting one day and told everybody in the staff meeting that it was my fault that the DBs and the receivers couldn't do one-on-one anymore because 
the DBs were holding too much. And the very next day, we we're trying to do one-on-one, and Harry jumped on top of our nickel's head and threw him to the ground like it was a like it was a rodeo. <laughs> and we, I said, now it's his fault that, he, that Harry's <laughs> wrestling him to the ground every day. But it was the it was the best uh, five years of my life spending time with uh, Harry Douglas and all the great players that we had there in Atlanta. It was a lot of fun. God, I miss you, Coach, man. I'm so glad you're doing oh, well. I, I can't wait to I, I have one of you guys' game. I'm going to force myself on you guys' sidelines, too. Every time I see you on TV, I, I always I get a big smile on my, safe, on my face and say, man, I, saw, I, I used to work with that guy every day. He was fantastic. Uh, Coach, we appreciate your time. We appreciate all your time. As I know you kind of got thrown into the fire here. Good luck this weekend. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. Thank you. Here's Coach. Well, there you go. I, I I just figured you could tell them yourself rather than me relaying the message. Uh, That's great, Coach. I appreciate that a lot, man. <laughs> it's it's uh it's fun getting to talk to you guys. It's fun seeing everybody have so much fun around the game, Coach. Good luck this weekend. Obviously, it's going to be a big matchup. We'll all have our eyes on it. I uh, hope you guys go out there. You know, AJ McCarron used to work with us a bunch too, and uh, we like giving sure. him grief. So if you guys could just just knock him to the ground over and over and over again, don't tell him I said that. It's just, uh, Coach, we'd be happy. So uh, we appreciate your time. All right. Well, it's great to be with you guys. Have a good day. That's Bob Stoops, the head coach of the XFL's Arlington Renegades. Again, Arlington taking on St. Louis. And I want to stress this because uh, there's all these conversations about XFL, uh, you know, and and how the league is doing. That's the number one question I get asked by people that know that I'm hosting the studio shows. Well, how's the league doing? Well, I will tell you this. Like, so far across the board, the numbers are actually a little higher than a lot of people expected. So don't buy into whatever narratives you're hearing uh, because a lot of them are flat out wrong. And number two, the crowds this weekend are going to be spectacular. St. Louis is expecting over 40,000 people in there to watch this game. This is a big moment for the Battlehawks. And the reason why this game is so huge is because you have the Arlington uh, Renegades who are in second place in their division right now. The the Houston Roughnecks, they're in first. They're undefeated. And then on the other side, you have the St. Louis Battlehawks uh, who are second in their division because they just lost to the D.C. Defenders who are undefeated. So this matchup is very, very key in the standings on both sides. Anybody that hasn't watched St. Louis, do not turn off the game early. Every one of their games have come down to the last 30 seconds. All right, so you'll want to check that out. Check us out over the weekend. In the meantime, every team's making a quarterback wish list. I'm going to make one for my team next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio in the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. This is Fitz and Harry. I like your haircut, my man. The oh, little buzz cut. Thank I'm Lieutenant Dan. Looking like Forrest Gump over there, my Wait, man. Does I that like make it. you Lieutenant Dan and me Forrest? <laughs> I, I'm running. I, by the way, Forrest Gump. I, no, I like your haircut. I like it, though. Forrest Gump, wildly overrated movie. It was not even a good movie. Oh, it's a great goodness. soundtrack. You but just say anything right now. Like, what are you talking about? It is not an overrated movie. It, it's, 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 what was the point? I mean, the soundtrack is one of the best soundtracks of all time, but what I'm was the point? Smart man. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my 
<laughs> Perfecto. Was was Devin Devin working behind the scenes? Was Devin ready with a with a force gump drop? We didn't know we were going to. You was. said gump, and I typed in gump, and we got a lot of options. I mean, that is that is fast acting to an actor right there. That is that is well done. In the butt talk, so. I stand by that take. Forrest Gump, wildly overrated. Soundtrack, spectacular. The movie itself, useless, pointless, kind of dumb. Not useless, pointless, or kind of dumb is Scream 6, which I cannot wait to see tonight. First time that Scream is in New York. Going to go to the packed theaters, see Scream on the opening night. Whew. That's how I'm spending my Friday. If you've been listening to this music very long, you're probably spending your Fridays doing more romantical things. Both the hibbity and the divity. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Might be some screaming. The, oh my God. Better <laughs> not XM be you, Evan. Lady. It'll be, screams a horror when he rips the, the bodysuit off. We're so rough on Evan. You know what? I, we shouldn't be. It, it's it, Evan, you are four That's foot boy, three man. inches of pure sex. There's just no way, it, <laughs> no way around it. <laughs> Oh, I can't believe I've taken us off the rails yet again. Uh, Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, O'Reilly Auto Parts, Power Torque Tools, DIY Day Sale is going on now. I'm as impressed as you are that I just read that. Save on hand tools, power tools, and more. Shop in store or online at O-O-O-O'Reilly by going to O'ReillyAuto.com. All right. You know, I'm ringing that bell. You're ringing that bell? I think I broke it. You're about to ring the bell. You know why? People have been asking me. I get the number one question I get when I'm out in the streets and I'm just trying to enjoy, you know, Bar Taco in West Hartford. You know, people come up to me and say, what are the Raiders going to do at quarterback? Well, Uh as we go into a wild weekend where we could see movement or not, and all of a sudden we've got anticipation in next week, I say, now is the time. For the Fitz Five, I, I just coined that. I'm going to give you my top five options at quarterback. Harry, along the way, you tell me if I've gotten it right or if I'm losing my mind. Are you ready for the list? I'm ready. Every good countdown starts from the bottom and works up. So let's start at... Number five. Oh, look at that. Javante doing God's work. Perfect timing. Number five on the list for me, Anthony Richardson. Now, Anthony Richardson is number five on the list because I realize that one of the project quarterbacks is going to be on this list somewhere. And if I'm looking at uh, two guys that I think there are the, the word project is fair with, I've got to make a choice between Will Levis, who, by the way, did not make my list, or Anthony Richardson. I've got to make the choice between one guy that has given me bad film and one guy that hasn't given me much film, right? So I'm going to take the Harry Douglas. I'm going to do what I don't do well enough. I'm going to listen to coach. And at some point, if I'm going to take a project, I want somebody, if I'm going to start a renovation on a house, I want the one with the most ceiling room in it. So I'm going to go Anthony Richardson at number five, leaving Will Levis off my list. Harry, are you okay with this so far? Yes, I'm okay with this. I, I like Anthony Richardson because uh, I think he has the more most upside of anybody in this draft. Also, by the way, if Anthony Richardson ends up being the quarterback of the Raiders, my one true hope is that the Raiders lock in and figure out continuity as a coaching staff for the next three years because he is going to need continuity. I believe that. All right, that takes us to the next pick. Number four. This one's going to surprise a lot of people because it's a name that's going to make your skin crawl. But at number four on my list, Jimmy Garoppolo. Understanding that oh. Jimmy G is going to cost some money. Here's why. Jimmy G's a stopgap. 
All right, if Jimmy G is the starting quarterback of the Raiders, what does that tell you? That told you that they didn't find what they were looking for and they're just waiting to see what the quarterback market looks like next year. And you and I both agree. Right now, today, if age were not an issue and I could draft anybody, I would take Caleb Williams or Drake May over any of the quarterbacks in this year's draft. Those would be my top two quarterbacks off the board. So if the Raiders have taken Jimmy G, I am one step closer to a better long-term permanent answer, and that answer would make me happier. So I'm, I'm okay with paying the money for Jimmy G. Well, here we go. I'm going to let you get through your list first, and I'm going to critique Okay, you're going to critique that. All right, so at four, yeah. five, I've got Anthony Richardson. Four, I've got Jimmy G for my Raiders quarterback wish list. Next up, Javante. Number three. Bryce Young. I know. Seems low. Seems low. Everybody's surprised. Got Bryce Young. I, I just can't get past the fact that, like, one of my favorite people that I've ever worked with in any capacity of any portion of my career is Field Yates. Field is brilliant. Field's uplifting. Field knows the right thing to say at the right time. He's smarter than everybody. He's good looking. Everything nice you could say about Field. But Field was on this show a few weeks ago and said, Baby face? No, babe. Oh, yeah, yeah. And on this show, remember, a few weeks ago, he said, Oh, yeah, I met Bryce Young at the Super Bowl. He's my size. I don't want my quarterback to be Field Field Yates size. As much as I love Field, it just scares me. It scares me. The size issue of it is an issue to me. Although everything else is perfect about him, I just am afraid of somebody with narrow shoulders and a tiny waist being my team's quarterback. I want somebody, especially knowing that the Raiders' offensive line consistently has not been dependable, I don't want somebody back there that I think can get broken. Let's go to the next guy on my list. Number two. If Mark Jackson say Mark Jackson, Mark Davis saves all of his money getting uh, the haircuts he gets, he's got money in a piggy bank somewhere. Use that money on Lamar Jackson. Look, go out there, give him all the guaranteed money. Number two on my list, Lamar. Go get me Lamar throwing to Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, and Devontae Adams, even with an offensive line that does need some work, remembering that he's been hurt in the pocket more than he's been hurt outside the pocket. Let him run around, let him scramble, let him keep things alive. I believe that Lamar Jackson makes a bad team, at least a mediocre one. So I would take that plunge all day, every day. I don't care about the guaranteed money because guess what? I don't care how the billionaire owner of my favorite football team has to spend his money. Maybe, you know, maybe he's got to take out loans. Maybe he's got to go find a fancy way to do it. I don't care. Get me my quarterback. And number one on my list. Number one. Took me a lot of time to come up with this. I have finally made the decision that my dream scenario quarterback for my beloved Raiders is CJ Stroud. At the end of the day, You want to talk about somebody that has the size? You want to talk about somebody that has the knowledge? You want to talk about somebody that can make any throw? And you want to talk about somebody that heard the noise about his athleticism, so he directly addressed it? You want to talk about somebody that's not afraid to evolve his game, but also not afraid to stand up at the combine when he's questioned about his athleticism and say, we spent eight hours working on plays and I got great players. Why would I not let them make great plays? I love the way C.J. Stroud handles himself. I like his size better than Bryce Young for what it's worth. And because of that, I am more comfortable having C.J. Stroud as the quarterback moving forward. If the Raiders end up with C.J. Stroud, at least I will know what all of this change was about. That's my list. Five was Anthony Richardson. Four was Jimmy G because they're punting. Three was Bryce Young. Two was (laughs) Lamar Jackson. And one was C.J. Stroud. What do you think, Harry? So I only have two issues with your list, right? Um, I don't think Anthony Richardson should be five and Jimmy G be four. I think it should should be flip-flop. I will put Jimmy G at five. I will put Anthony Richardson at four. And also, you said you will put Jimmy G at four because he's a stopgap quarterback. Well, if you're in the making for a Caleb Williams or uh, a Drake May, 
why would you sign Jimmy Garoppolo? Because it might not put you in the position oh. to have the worst uh, record in the in the National Football League. Why not just sign Jerry Stenham or somebody else and let them come in and, and be the stopgap quarterback? Oh, that's actually a pretty good point. You know, I, I think the other dream, like not dream scenario, but a scenario that I would really buy into is one that has Jimmy G end. Anthony Richardson. Let me be clear. I think if you have CJ Stroud or Bryce Young, those guys are playing day one. There is no chance they are not sitting on the bench. They're sitting on the bench. I believe that. If you have Will Levis or Anthony Richardson, you've got to have a Jimmy G in my mind. Uh, So that is what I think that's why I have Jimmy G on the brain. But you make a great point. He's just good enough to not make them bad enough to get the pick they would need next year for Caleb Williams. Exactly. Especially with the Titans in what appears to be full tank mode. March Madness, all about upsets. What if I told you the biggest upset of the year in college basketball has already happened and it is making history? We've never seen anything like it. We'll tell you about it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. I'm Christine Lisi. Cowboys reworked the contracts of quarterback Dak Prescott and right guard Zach Martin to free up $30 million getting under the salary cap. 49ers quarterback Brock Purdy had surgery to repair his UCL. He'll be able to resume throwing in about three months. If that happens, that would have Purdy cleared near the start of the regular season. World number 1 golfer John Rahm withdrew from the Players' Championship today due to a stomach illness. Georgia Tech is set to fire men's basketball coach Josh Pastner today, reports ESPN's Pete Thamel and Jeff Borzello. Adrian Autry introduced as the new basketball coach at Syracuse takes over for Jim Beheim, who today said he was thrilled to be retired and felt better the last two days than he has the last 47 years, which was the amount of time he coached the Orange. Champ Week rolls on tonight. Big 12 semis. Coverage starts at 6.30 Eastern, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. You just presume that all middle-aged white guys are walking around with some like 80s gel and some like weird mousse. Do you use spritz? No, I don't spritz. I don't spritz. You're the one that was Epsom salting your feet in a tub last night. Yes. And you're talking to me about spritzing? Yes. I buy cleaning you stuff. Supplies. Supplies. There we go. Supplies. As soon as I land in every city, I disinfect the restroom. The bathtub and everything. So, you know, I have a nice size tub because, you know, I had a sweet room. I put some Epsom salt in there, some um, alcohol and peroxide as well. Mix it all in together. And also little bubbles and had my little candles lit in there. I had a nice little bromance with myself. My name is Charlie. Last name Wilson. I was wondering if I can take you out. Time. Spitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, we're presented by Progressive Insurance. We have breaking news. In an offseason that's been devoid of definitive statements about quarterbacks, we just got breaking news from Adam Schefter. The Dolphins are picking up Tua Tungvaloa's fifth-year option, guaranteeing 
his $23.4 million salary for 2024. As as Shefty says, it's the ultimate sign that they don't have any plans to sign any high-priced quarterbacks this offseason. Tua is their man. This is breaking news just tweeted moments ago by Adam Schefter. The Dolphins are picking up Tua's fifth-year option, guaranteeing $23.4 million. Now, I want to start with the very obvious here. For them to do that, they must be confident in his health. They must be confident in his head. They must be confident in the concussion issues because that $23.4 million now becomes guaranteed. The Bucks have, or sorry, the Dolphins have made a very definitive statement at this point that they are all in on Tua being their quarterback. So we can stop the conversation about Lamar. We can stop the conversations about the draft. Tua is absolutely the guy in Miami, uh, signed, sealed, delivered. This is big. This is big, and it also lets you know what Chris Greer and and company in the front office there in Miami think about Tua. And we know Tua's history with concussions and, you know, missing some games this year due to those concussions. But they're saying right here by picking up his option that they believe that he's going to be, you know, able to move forward and and be their quarterback. Well, and and this tells you what they know inside the building, right? One thing you and I always stress is that nobody knows more about any athlete than the coaches and the individuals that are in the building with them every day. So when a team decides to move on from an athlete, I think that's why it's a fair question of, is it just salary cap? Is it just financial? What else is there to it? And part of the reason we ask that is because nobody knows, for example, in what we do, Harry, like nobody knows you and I on radio better than you, me, Evan, Devin, Javante, everybody that works on this show. We know the ins and outs. Our bosses know us incredibly well. Like there's there's this moment of you see them every day, you deal with them every day, you know what they bring to the table. If there's even a tiny inkling of doubt for the Dolphins organization, they had no pressure, no reason they had to pick up a fifth-year option. In fact, you could argue picking up the fifth-year option, not picking up the fifth-year option, turns out to be a smart strategy for a lot of teams. You get a full another year of body of work. You get a full another year to answer any questions you have. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't cost you that much more. Look at Daniel Jones is a good example of that. So all of a sudden, now what you have is a Dolphins team that's telling you by picking it up today, we're good with the concussions, we're good with the health, we're good with the development, we're good with the passer, we're good with the human being. This is our guy moving forward. I think that's huge. Well, I would say this, moving forward within the next two years, because that's what it gives them. It gives them two years to see everything that they probably want to see from Tua Tungavaloa from the quarterback position. Now, when when I say... Uh, what they want to see, that's if he's going to be able to hold up. It, it's everything health-wise because I think his play spoke for itself this season and you've seen the change of offense along with Mike McDaniel being their head coach and believing in Tua and playing towards his strength. But it, it allows them from a health perspective to be able to get two sample size, two years of sample sizes on Tua Tagovailoa and how he's going to be health-wise. Yeah, it is interesting. To, to, to your point, it's certainly two years is not a lifetime. It's not like they just turned around and gave him a new – you know, $150 million mega deal. We're not saying that at all. But in my mind, if you have hesitation, and if if in my mind, when you're around him every day, because remember, there was real conversation when he wasn't cleared in time for the Pro Bowl. Was that an indicator that things weren't right, you know? And so people from the outside looking in have been looking for any reason to find that the Dolphins doubt Tua. For them to do this now, knowing that no matter what happens this year, his money for the following year is guaranteed, that still feels aggressive. Like, 
that that feels aggressive knowing what's stuck in our heads based on what we saw from Tua. No matter why we saw it, no matter whether it was uh, the, the hands that were seizing up or the stumbling on the field, no matter if that was because of a concussion or because of a back issue, what anybody wants to tell you. There were multiple times last year we saw Tua look like he was just hurt. So for the organization to be comfortable enough to guarantee money that they didn't have to guarantee right now has to say something. Well, I would say this also. We've seen the level that Tua was able to play play at last year. Now, just imagine going into year two. Because you got to remember, last year when Mike McDaniel came to be the head coach of this team, he had a lot of hurdles he had to you know go over from the quarterback position. Tua's confidence, uh, understanding where, where Tua – uh, my mindset was and putting it, putting him in the best positions to be successful, understanding the rest of the guys on the team, not just offensively, but defensively as well. Now you have Tua going into year two within this system. And if you're the front office, if you're Mike McDaniel, the head coach, you have a lot more confidence in Tua in year two, more so than you probably had in year one, in which you probably didn't let him know because you were trying to figure out if he was the guy for your team. Well, and and I think it's a fair conversation, you know, about Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold. They were guaranteed fifth-year options, uh, and then teams wanted to move forward. But I would also challenge that both of those teams ultimately were capable of moving forward. Like, you can move on if you want to. So maybe it is, you know, maybe it is not as big a statement if you factor those things in. But, Harry, I still think – given the fact that they could have waited this year. I mean, realistically, what did we see this year? You know, they guaranteed a fifth-year option at $24 million. They could have played him for another year and then, uh, at the very least, non-exclusive franchise tagged him would have cost him another 8 or $9 million. The exact same thing we talked about Daniel Jones. I thought it made sense to not pick up the fifth-year option on Daniel Jones because it gave you another year for body of work, and then when you had to get the deal done, you got the deal done. So uh, for the Dolphins to tell us, because frankly, let's be honest too, for all the talk about could Lamar not even end up somewhere else, Lamar Jackson, until mm-hmm. post-draft, well, the Dolphins just told you that that's not something they're in the market for either, right? Like, they're well, not going to— Well, you, you can't ignore also completing 64% of your passes, 3,500 yards, 25 touchdowns, and eight interceptions. If you're the Dolphins organization, you can't ignore that. Nor so that I think they could ignore the concussion issue, but what they're saying right there, right, right now, is a, is is a, is a statement. Tua's our guy. We believe in him. He's going to be fine moving forward. And That's you what know, you know, if we go all the way through the draft and Lamar's still sitting there, people will be saying, "Well, now that we're through the draft and the the Dolphins can use next year's first round draft pick, they're certainly going to go sign Lamar." They just said, "Nah." We're good. Just sit down, shut up, color in your books. We got our guy. The Dolphins made a definitive statement. Uh, get ready for Champions, a hilarious new movie starring Woody Harrelson. Woody's a hot-headed basketball coach who's in over his head when he's court-ordered to manage a team with intellectual disabilities and a whole bunch of attitude. Champions, only in theaters today, rated PG-13. So the breaking news, just tweeted out minutes ago by Adam Schefter, is that Tua Tungvalu has had his fifth-year option picked up by the Miami Dolphins. They have answered the question on who their quarterback is moving forward. So, what does it mean for the Dolphins? We'll head down to Miami next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. This week on Fitz and Harry. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Try that again. We're, we're, nope, I'm not. 
I quit. Harry, we should just have a moment, a confessional moment here. So I burped right in Christine Lisi's We're face. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. There we go. Best of material. Thank you. Third time's the charm. I just have to feel like I had to apologize to the entire world for no, doing that. No, she should have slapped the hell out of me. <laughs> That's what she should Can I ever unleash the thunder of the gods for the world to hear? Because it's pretty impressive. I think it's one of those things, like, it's not an FCC violation, like some other things that you might say into the microphone. Okay. But, it, like, <laughs> like we, wouldn't, we wouldn't have to hit the dump button. So my hand size is eight and a quarter. Eight and a quarter. Oh, yes. okay. I've never had my hands my measured. So, okay. That's, uh, do, hands, do hands grow or shrink as you get older? Uh, I don't know, dude. It's not illegal. It's just frowned upon. Like you, counting cards. My guy Harry Douglas always growing. You know what they say. I'm a grower. During the break, we'll, uh, we'll have a whole conversation about this show and the dump button. You know what they say. Big hands. Big heart. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. ESPN app. Sirius XM Channel 80. Mm. That's right. It's Love Fridays here. We use Friday afternoon to get you ready for Friday night. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. But we're also getting you caught up on the breaking news. Just moments ago, Adam Schefter tweeted out to the world, the Dolphins have picked up the fifth-year option on Tua Tungvaloa for 2024. Harry, let's get some immediate reaction to this. We're going to let the Wolfpack go by one. Marcel Louis-Jacques joins us, ESPN Dolphins reporter, sort of our go-to whenever anything happens, the bat phone rings. He's kind enough to answer. Marcel, always appreciate your time. Were you surprised by this development today? No, not not really. Uh, you know, I, I know for some reason, uh, every time the Dolphins offer like public support of Tua, it's met with some skepticism, and nobody wants to believe it. But this aligns with exactly what they've been telling us since December, November, October that they're committed to Tua Tagovailoa. He is he's their guy, and I know we speaking to McDaniel and Greer um, last week at the at the NFL Combine. Uh, you know, they they. They were a little bit vague in in the timeline, timeline thing up But uh, I nor any other local media member left those scrums thinking that he was in danger of not being a Miami Dolphin. I think they wanted to, you know, quote unquote, explore all options, but not moving on from his. Explore all options in terms of we pick it up now. Do we sign him long term now? Do we pick it up? You know, do we decline it? And I'm sorry, like every option they were evaluating revolved around him still playing for the Dolphins. So I'm not, I'm not very surprised at all by this. Uh, this is kind of exactly what we we expected them to do. It, it's come with some element of risk. Actually, I wrote about it about a month or so ago. That I, I don't know if, if I would, I don't know if I would have picked up his option just from a business standpoint because of his injury history. I think I, I want to see him play a full season healthy, but it, it's not an ability, you know, it's not a question of his ability. He, he's clearly talented enough for the role, and if he remains healthy, I think this offense has potential to be, you know, top five in the NFL, top three in the NFL for as long as, again, he remains on the field. And Marcel, can you give our listeners an update on Tua's health and how he's doing currently? Yeah, so a lot was made. You know, a lot of to-do was made about how long he had in concussion protocol. This is he, he he ended on December and he, he wasn't cleared, quote-unquote, until the end of January. And, you know, when that news came out, I think I actually broke that news that he was still in it. And people thought, oh, man, he's, uh, 
he, he still can't walk and talk at the same time. Oh, he's still in, in such and such danger. No, the, the Dolphins effectively shut him down as soon as he had the concussion protocol for the second time. He wasn't going to return no matter how deep into the playoffs they made it. They said, your season is over. So he didn't actually start progressing into protocol. They didn't allow him to even attempt to progress through protocol until the season ended. And then it only took a couple of weeks. But there's no rush, you know, to get him back onto the field when the season is over. So he's, he's healthy. They believe that, you know, from what they're told and the people, specialists and doctors they've spoken with, that there is no heightened chance uh, or increased chance of, of suffering concussions in the future that they, you know, he's at, he's at just as much of a risk now as he was, you know, let's say this time last year. You know, we, we, we talked to Greer in, in Indianapolis and, you know, he was asked about Tua's injury history and, you know, if it was something they were concerned about. He's like, I mean, yeah, like, I'm not going to sit here and lie and say, no, we're not. You know, obviously the team would rather their guy never have been hurt rather than deal with a multitude of injuries over the past three years. But he said then and then, it's not something that makes them afraid or will make them afraid to get something done long-term with him. So this fifth-year option is a placeholder for now. Uh, I don't expect a long-term option or a long-term extension to get done this offseason, not before they see him play 17 games, but if he remains healthy for 17 games next year and shows the same level of play that we saw from him in 2022, I would expect that long-term option to be done next offseason. Marcel, we appreciate your time, man. It makes us better at our job, and everybody appreciates the insights from Miami. Thanks so much for hanging out with us, brother. Of course, man. Miss you guys. Thanks for having me on. That's Marshall Lujak uh, coming on, giving us all the insight. Fitz and Harry, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. And you know what? We got two definitive things here. One, the Dolphins have told you that they believe that they can compete with the Jets, even with Aaron Rodgers with this deal. They told you, hey, we are good. Two, in my mind, Harry, they told you that they are cemented working on the path that they're working on and that they are comfortable with their quarterback situation short-term to be comfortable with their quarterback situation long-term. I think that's those are substantial statements you know, to, to, to say we're good with this and we feel comfortable with where his health is. Yeah, I think from an offensive standpoint, uh, standpoint also as uh, as well, Fitz, I think they can help them out too, being more committed to the run game. When you look at their their run stats, they were 25th in rushing this year with only 99.2 points uh, yards per game uh, when it came to the run game. We know Mike McDaniel and in, in, in his run background when he was in San Francisco and when he was with Kyle Shanahan and other teams. I really want them to dive deeper into that. Now they have some running backs that they brought over that are going to be free agents. What are they going to do in that department? But be more committed to the run game also so it helps Tua out um, and try to keep him out of harm's way. We also have some breaking news from Jeremy Fowler, who's tweeted out the Packers have restructured David Bakhtiari's contract per sources, converting $9.5 million into a March roster bonus, $5.5 million of his salary into a guaranteed signing bonus. This will lessen his $28.8 million cap hit for Green Bay to maneuver. Making it easier to trade him if he's got a lower cap number, mm. which comes back to something Sauce said when he said it's not one player, it's players headed to the Jets. Bakhtiari, mm. Aaron Rodgers, God only, I, I don't know, man. You don't know, get lost in the sauce. Don't get lost in the sauce. There are two things I can be certain of this weekend. One, I'm going to go see Scream 6, and it's going to leave up live up to the expectations. Two, oh my I'm going to give every thought and prayer I have to this just ending so that we can stop talking about it. But I can guarantee you that on Monday, no matter what, even if all he does is fart into silence, we will find a way to make sure Aaron Rodgers is covered. Thanks for hanging out with Fitz and Harry. Enjoy your weekend. Keep hanging out with Candy and Carla next.
Fitz and Harry podcast. You can listen to the guys live weekdays from noon to 3 Eastern on ESPN Radio. And you can watch on the ESPN app.